Hey everyone, it's Alicia too, and welcome back to yet another episode of Not Fest Heavy Conversations. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by my fellow hosts, Daniel Decay, Ryan J. Downey, and Corey Westbrook. What's good, everyone? How are you? Hello, hello. Hi. I mean, it's hot as hell where I am. So if I'm like over here in in space, it's it's the heat. I turned off my AC just for you guys so you wouldn't have to listen to it. That's love right there. That's very cool. It really is. Thank you very, very One of those much. I mean, roaring engine ACs, like yeah, really loud. Yeah. And then when I try to sleep with it on, it's too loud. But if I try to sleep with it off, then it's too hot. And it's just, yeah, you can't win. No, no. Oh, so man. I just find metal to stay awake. It's like metal and coffee. Yeah. I feel like that's what all of us run off of, though. Like, I'm in a room yeah. right now where one of the detectors just beeps every 30 seconds and it drives me absolutely mad. And who I'm staying with don't know Change how to turn the battery, it off. battery, girl. I'm gonna no, say I that's a monoxide or a battery. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be the monoxide warning thing. Me insane. Yeah, so if I just randomly like pass out, just don't okay. don't worry. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. It'll be. Fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll just clap really loudly into our mics. We appreciate Pick it up. a lot. Well, there's a lot to dive into, and the first thing that I would like to talk about is, of course, San Diego Comic Con. So, Downey, give us those sweet, sweet updates because you were actually down there. How was it all? I was indeed. Uh, it was super fun. It was, you know, I guess the the elephant in the room is it was the first year that Comic-Con was really in person and really going again since the pandemic. Uh, there was a virtual Zoom Comic-Con uh, at one point during lockdowns, and there was sort of a makeshift Comic-Con that was like in a different month. But this was, this felt like it generally always feels with the exception of the aisles were a little wider on the show floor and people were told to mask uh, inside the convention. No one was really masking it, like, you know, two feet outside of the walls, but um, people were masked inside. But otherwise, it felt like Comic-Con. I've, I've been going since 2002, believe it or not, which was a, a lifetime ago. And I remember the first year that I went, uh, I, I was... Uh, a reporter for MTV and I pitched going to this San Diego Comic-Con thing and originally they were going to send we were still shooting you know in beta for broadcast back then so they were going to send a beta shooter an audio person a DV shooter myself and another floor producer and then as the show got closer and closer they were like ah, we can't really we can't afford to send the beta crew it's just going to be you and a DV shooter got closer and closer and closer they kept cutting everyone to where the Wednesday before the show, uh, my bosses told me, well, you can go if you want, but we can't pay for a place to stay and you got to cover your own gas. So I went by oh, myself damn. with a little DV camera and a little MTV News stick mic and MTV had the cachet back then. And it was just, it was such a transitional moment between Comic-Con being about comics and Comic-Con becoming about pop culture in general that I was able to without setting up any interviews just walk the floor and talk to people so I came back that following Monday and everybody's like we're in our Monday morning news meeting and it's like oh did anybody like see this online or whatever and it comes around to me and I was like yeah I have tape with Hugh Jackman Elijah Wood Halle Berry Peter Jackson Rob Zombie everybody's like what where were you? And I was like, the comic book convention no one here took seriously or wanted me to yeah. go to. And then to see that evolution, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's been 20 years ago to watch it uh, grow and change. And I'm, I remember the year that 
Jessica Alba and Dane Cook were there promoting a romantic comedy as the year where I was like, all right, this is just movies, movie time. Like, there's no comic book tie here at all. And I I always make the joke that if you want to break from the crowds at Comic-Con, just go where the comic books are. But it's gotten to a point now where it feels like it's really come full circle. And as much as movies and TV and all this other pop culture stuff have been integrated, there's a lot of like fandoms that naturally overlap, right? Whether it's horror, whether it's superhero stuff. And that people that are there who love these movies and TV shows are actually have discovered love for the comics so it feels like the comic side's being celebrated a lot more too so yeah I I remember hearing before the show this year you know ever since Marvel got purchased by Disney and they started doing their own thing in Anaheim there's always this uh, you know sort of hesitation of like oh is Marvel really going to announce anything cool at Comic-Con or are they just going to wait till D23 and uh, and anyone who was worried about that this year was completely blown out of the water because they announced so much stuff the marvel hall h stuff was just insane not only did they talk about the end of what they call phase four kevin feige then rolled out all of phase five and then even the beginning and end of phase six leading into avengers four no five avengers five and six going to be we're going to be the fifth and sixth avengers movies by the end of this thing so to, you know to see the big map to get a name for this phase you know we had the infinity saga and now this whole story is the multiverse saga uh you know there was just so much information there were trailers my uh favorite superhero of all time daredevil uh we finally got the daredevil reborn announcement 18 episode series with charlie cox with vincent d'onofrio and that's really exciting because that's like a fan uh you know manifested situation when all those marvel netflix shows got canceled which is the whole thing that i won't bore you with all the details fans really rallied to save daredevil and hashtag save daredevil was going nuts and we got charlie cox back in the role in spider-man and then we got vincent d'onofrio back as kingpin in the hawkeye tv series and now to to know that there's a daredevil show coming back is really awesome and daredevil even makes a cameo in the she-hulk trailer which they debuted there so if you're a marvel fan there was tons of stuff there was the new black panther trailer which is uh the last time i looked breaking records for uh, trailers online uh, since that dropped relative to even some of the other huge marvel movies uh they haven't revealed who's going to actually take on the mantle of black panther but we do get a little tease at the end of that trailer so yeah i mean there was just a ton of cool stuff uh, there was an activation for chucky so uh you know you would see if chucky the tv series coming back for season two so you would see chucky around and yeah it was just fun it was nice to be uh out and a boot as they say which reminds <laughs> me lastly i was going to tell you the interview queen that uh for the first time ever i got to spend uh several hours on saturday with a gentleman named Chris Jericho. Oh, that's and amazing. Hell yeah. Canadian and uh, wrestler, two things I think you know a little bit about. Just a little uh, <laughs> yeah, he was great. I never I never actually met him before and uh, got to hang out with him quite a do. bit via a couple of mutual friends. And uh, yeah, he's awesome. I, I think, you know, for me, as someone who's a, a more casual observer of wrestling, uh, knowing that Jericho is often playing a heel, you know, it's it's easy to sort of get the persona mixed up with the person and then hang All out. The time. Like, like, oh, this guy's awesome. 
you know so i find that in metal too yeah. though like the dudes who look the most hardcore right? are always the sweetest ones and it's the exact same for wrestling the harder the gimmick uh the sweeter the person <laughs> right and and horror films you know you meet somebody yeah. who plays like michael myers or leatherface and they're not, you know robert england huge sweetheart and, robert you know, england example yeah 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 so nice yeah, you dude. meet you meet daniel decay you see him shredding up there and you're like this guy's gonna cut my head off with <laughs> Not, I mean, your head off my ass, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it's so exciting to be a I want to go to Comic Con just to hang out and observe you. It sounds like you're like a kid in a candy store when you're there. That was like the like most genuine, heartfelt recap ever. You love this shit. <laughs> I, I had I had I had to pull it together because I realized it's, it, I'm eating up all the time. <laughs> there's there's a, a million more things I could say. Yeah, it's super fun. And uh, and in my defense, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot know. to talk about. We we completely understand. Yeah, Not and, there, and hey, there. there was a lot of music stuff there too. I should say, I, how can I forget? Uh, you know, Spencer from Ice Nine Kills did a song there. Charlie Benante from Anthrax. Uh, Carla from Butcher Babies. Uh, Brian Posehn, who has a nice metal crossover, ran into him down there. Um, you know, there's a lot of overlap between the worlds of what we cover with not fast what we call heavy culture and comic-con a lot of our people in the mix down there one of my goals in life is to go to comic-con wearing something felicia day would be wearing because i constantly get told how much i look like felicia day yeah. and i genuinely just want to like mess with people a little bit maybe wear like That'd some long so sleeves fun. to cover my tattoos just <laughs> That is a my good old mind life. screw. We all we all love one, right? Have yes. either of you been to Comic Con between Decay and Corey before? I have I've, not. I've never done one of the real ones. I've done all the like knockoff Canadian fan expos and like the comic Comic Cons we have up here, but like I've never done uh, a proper Comic Con. I'm Ooh. dying to do San Diego. Anything. Yeah. No, I was lucky. My my dad was the one who put me onto comic books at such a young age. So from probably around five to fuck like 16 our, my whole family would go to comic-con together and we get a bunch of our, uh, artists to draw mm. stuff for us and we were like taking photographs with everyone who was dressed up it was just such a fun culture to be around i feel like that opened my mind so much to all these other pop culture avenues that cross over so uh it's really cool you got to experience it and the fact that after the pandemic they came back so strong it sounds like that's that's some good shit that's awesome, awesome. when do we get to hang out with your dad is what i want to know <laughs> <laughs> Comic you guys would get on so he sounds well. like the coolest person in the world no straight up he is shout out to Yazoo. much love <laughs> uh, alicia we're hanging out with you to get to your dad you know that right <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be the first time so i'm, I'm used to it it's all good <laughs> Papa no, and, uh, yeah no he's the best my parents are amazing uh, but in other news, we've now hit the one-year anniversary of Joey Jordan's passing as he passed away on July 26th of 2021. And it's wild to even think of that because when we were talking about what we're going to discuss this week and, you know, our, our boss mentioned, hey, it's been a year, it, that really hit me hard because it's wild how much time has passed. I feel like we were just having conversations about the event and the news spreading everywhere. So let's just get to it let's talk about his incredible legacy and what impact he has left because it was massive let's start with you decay um well i mean you know he's he's number one for a reason uh it's it's crazy to me that it's been a year as well i feel like it was just yesterday that we were having the initial conversations because you know we were all already working in the not fest world having the conversations about you know 
what do we even do? What do we do with the programming? What do we talk about? You know, do we, do we take some time off? It was a really heavy time. Um, especially because of how unexpected it was too. I mean, you know, you just, you kind of just think that these kind of legends are immortal and they're going to live forever. Um, so, I mean, Joey, Joey's legacy to me, aside from the playing is one of the most ferocious players ever. Like I'm a musician. So I look at chops all the time. The dude is one of the best drummers in the business. There's a reason why he's influenced so many people. There's a reason why his image, why his signature snare, why his pedals, why, you know, his drum setup, all of that, you know, all of that is so iconic for a reason. But for me, the, the, the big piece of legacy that, you know, really strikes me as, as being monumental is, the way that he brought blast beats and extreme, like extreme fucking drums to the mainstream in a way it never had been before. Like you have kids listening to Slipknot records that have like the backbone of extreme metal drumming, like grindy ass fucking blast beats that you could only hear in the underground are now, uh, forget a top 40 record, a top 10 record. Like this is insane how he brought something that was viewed as so extreme and underground and nasty and brought it in such like a package perfectly for the mainstream. And you know what? It got a lot of kids into a lot of extreme music. And to me, that's the most important thing there is. And that is a huge piece of the Joey legacy. That was so wonderfully put. I mean, Downey, what was uh, your kind of connection and input on everything? Yeah, well, you know, DK made a, a great point that, you know, we were up and running with this uh, not fest expansion into different forms of media. And in fact, so much so, I was actually streaming on the not fest Twitch channel when the news broke. Right, yeah. And that was, uh, you know, of course, immediately dropped whatever the hell I was talking about and spent the next hour just talking about Joey. And, you know, in those moments, uh, people just want to talk you know so we were just in the chat just talking about joey and and i was going on youtube and pulling up some deep cuts that i really love one thing i recommend people check out is there's some great video i don't know if it was like an, an epk or what it was made for but there's video of him when he was one of the team captains for the uh roadrunner united project uh there's great footage of joey in the studio working on the stuff for that and you really get a sense of kind of who the guy was even beyond uh his massive talents and abilities and of course being the consummate metallica fan that i am he's one of the only drummers to have sat in with metallica at a big festival i believe his download one year where lars couldn't make it and dave lombardo played some songs lars's drum tech played some songs and when joey got up there you know it was like you know no disrespect to the legend that is lombardo but Joey's a Metallica fan, whereas Lombardo's like more of a, a peer, you know, and he just crushed it. It was insane. And you could tell even the band was like, oh, okay. All right. This is uh, maybe we're going to pull this train wreck together tonight. And it was just such a cool moment. And I had the opportunity, you know, for our channel to talk to Corey Taylor about that, uh, you know, maybe six months ago or so. And, you know, to, to learn that Corey was standing right there with Joey when Joey's up there playing for Metallica a band that they both love since they were kids uh you know it's really special and magical to hear about that so of course you know these phenomenal records and and this impact this legacy that Daniel so uh, eloquently put and I I would say is a to flesh that out even a little bit to go into these deep nooks and crannies you know the side projects the solo band the murder dolls 
all the different stuff that Joey was part of outside of the massive, massive, uh, you know, thing that is Slipknot that he was so integral to. And that's the thing too. I mean, there's nine guys in Slipknot. There's people that have come in and out of the band over the years. Everyone's played their part. Everyone's contributed. It's hard to undersell how important Joey was. I mean, th there was a time where for me as a Slipknot fan, I would say that I, and it's no disrespect to anybody, but I would say that I thought of Joey, Paul, Corey, and Clown as really like the core of what makes Slipknot Slipknot in terms of the, the aesthetic, the sound, the vibe, the songwriting. And certainly it's, it's expanded and grown beyond that. And there's all, all sorts of, uh, you know, new innovators that have come in and kept that alive. But I feel like, you know, much like Cliff and Metallica, Joey's spirit is always going to be part of that Slipknot DNA. And it's something to celebrate. And Corey, how about you? Well, both of you guys have brought up excellent points. And one thing I, I will add is that his spirit's not just part of like Slipknot or metal. It's, he was formative for an entire generation of metalheads. I mean, I vividly, vividly remember the first time I heard Slipknot. I was in middle school and it was, what is this? Oh my, what do I have in my freaking hands right now? And it's like that moment, I'm here. Without that moment, would I be here right now talking to you about one of the most beloved musicians ever? Would I be working for this channel? Would I even be the metal fan that I am right now? And it's like, you think back on these moments and if any of them are gone, if he never picked up a, you know, a pair of drumsticks, where would any of us be? Where would this genre be? Because like, Back then, that was one of the last big heydays of metal where it was like, it was in the mainstream. People were talking about it. People, there were big festivals in the US and it's, I don't know. It's just an entire generation would literally be completely different without that man's drumming. It's weird when you put into perspective that way, you realize the effects and how much it really has hit all of us. I feel like I come from such a different spot than the three of you because I've always loved metal. But when it comes to Slipknot in specific, I didn't get crazy into their music and it wasn't for any reason whatsoever. There's so many bands out there and only so many you can deep dive into at once. So it was maybe about five, six years ago, I started listening to them and I just like did not turn back from that first fucking no. I was like, what am I listening to? This is so different from everything else out there. And then when his passing occurred, I started seeing the influx of how much love he was getting and just how beloved he was by everybody from people I knew in music, wrestling, everyone I worked from and entertained, like all over the board, my friends back home. And then I started watching interviews and really doing that deep dive on who he was because we were going to be talking about him on the show and loving the band, wanting to know more about each person behind the mask. I just going into that research interviewer mode, really, I, I really discovered who he was through those and then the reasoning of everyone's reaction and why it was so devastating just hit me even harder so uh, I come from a completely different aspect where it was less about growing up with with him and the band and then having my eyes open to the importance and my connection so um, I really do get where all of you are coming from but Corey like that point in terms of us potentially not even being here like that's that's wild to think about in terms of just how vast the universe really is, which is so damn deep, but whatever, we can deep dive on our show. <laughs> yeah, we can deep dive on our show. It is vast, but it's like 
any one moment of when it comes to a musician like that, that is different affects quite literally millions of people. Right. And that is a very profound impact that somebody could have. How many lives would be different? And it's millions. Well, I know we're all absolutely and grateful that you know, he made his way into all of ours. It's, it's cheesy mm-hmm. to say, but like, hell, it's, it's so evident. Yep. And it, like the impact, the impact is so obvious too. When you, when you talk about, um, you know, people's biggest influences as drummers, there are very few people that get mentioned in that conversation from the same era or age as Joey, aside from Joey, like everyone's like, Oh, my favorite drummers are Lars and Lombardo. And I love Hoagland and Joey Jordison. It's like, you know, we're tar- or even deeper people like, yeah, J- John Bonham and Joey Jordison. It's like wild mm-hmm. that, you know, someone from a, such a modern era of music and of such a young age is just talked about, you know, with dudes who played in the seventies and early eighties. It's, it's instant it's legendary status. Many- exactly. That's like this instant legendary status where right away you just think of the names. You're like, yeah, these were absolute icons. It's like, like a Mount Rushmore. It just makes sense to put him in there. So absolutely. Those are all really just beautiful words. Like again, going back to being a little emotional today, but like it's, it's wild to see the impact that one person can have on so many. So as we always say. Uh, and, and it's worth pointing out for, you know, the cynical out there, obviously this is not fest. We're all part of not fest. Of yeah, course, but, fans of Slipknot and we're going to say all these lovely things about Joey, but it's important to consider. We also all came here independently to not fest because yes. we love and respect and appreciate that brand. So, you know, nobody's ever leaning on us going like, Hey, give lots of props to Slipknot. Like we, you know, no. we beat down the door to get in here so we could give props to Slipknot. That's well put Downey. I love that. <laughs> um, we're going from that conversation into the next. I mean, now it's time for our two weekly heavy conversations question. So we'll run through these quickly because they're nice, short. And the first one we're going to start off with is favorite new track of the week or favorite track you're currently listening to so for me i've been going through this weird thrash metal phase which has never hit me hard so one of the newer bands in that realm for me would be municipal waste they dropped an animated video for a super tasty jam called Gravedig. the attitude and groove in their songs it's like just fucking perfect for headbanging which i love so anytime that song comes on now randomly on my on repeat for spotify i'm like yes more of this please um i just noticed right away the energy that they bring and i feel like I thrive off of that so that's been really fun for me and then my non-metal pick I genuinely think I was a hippie in a previous lifetime because my connection to 60s music is ridiculous so Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan just the fucking perfect screenshot of everything I love about 60s music the psychedelia the way the guitars swirl um the vibrato in the vocals I just am all about it so those are my two picks of the week and now we move on to Corey Oh, well, I have two kind of disparate picks of the week. Uh, The first one is going to be Extending Obscurity by The Spirit. Um, Absolutely just beautiful music. It's not on their latest album um, of Clarity and Galactic Structures, which is just like a a fun freaking name, like say that name 16 times fast. You can't do it. Um, But the story behind that song is actually really cool. They... uh, had some lives, uh, had some shows booked and their set wasn't quite long enough. So they wrote this kind of instrumental interlude, very beautiful track to extend their set to play in the middle. And so it's called Extending Obscurity, which just like, it's such a fitting name, such a fitting track. It's a really cool 
cool little thing. And then they finally gave it their, uh, finally gave it some, you know, special treatment and released it as a single last week. And then the other one is a band that is from like probably my current favorite label, Prosthetic. They're batting a thousand right now. And it's, <laughs> the name is fantastic. It's Slug Crust and it's uh-huh. short, furious, just balls to the wall music. Um, that's the band name. And yeah, so their new song, Drag Me to Agony, so cheerful, so pleasant, but, but yeah, just short, sweet, just break some stuff and move on with your day. Hell yeah. Decay, what are your picks? Uh, well, I've been kind of playing catch up on some singles because I've been listening to that Municipal Waste album too much. Hey. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's so fucking good. Electrified brain. Um, Vended released a new single two weeks ago called Dead to Me, uh, D-E-D. And uh, I kind of really, I listened to it a couple times and every time I felt like I was uncovering another curveball that they're like kind of showing you that they're really good at everything. There's like really alternative parts. There's huge open moshing riff parts. There's like thrashy, really tight beat stuff, uh, black metal, 16th note riffing. Uh, it's got like some industrial vibes with some weird synth sounds. Like they're really just kind of giving you like a buffet in one song. Like, Hey, we like all music and we're pretty all of it too yeah yeah so if you like anything heavy like we got it for you and i like when bands do that so i was really into that and uh last week uh witchery one of my favorite uh swedish bands historically fucking awesome band uh dropped a new record called nightside um generally speaking they're like a black thrash band but this record is uh got a little more peaks and valleys to it there's some slowed down jams uh it's more like bass heavy driven kind of like caveman dare i say riffs and uh, some super slow black metal parts. So um, I'm super into that right now. Okay, and then Downey, lay it on us. I gotta, I gotta check out that Witchery record. I didn't realize there was a new one. And yeah, I think Black and Thrash is, right, is kind of the, uh, uh, and they, they live somewhere in that at the gates world, but a little more throwbacky, I think I would say. And we were talking, of course. Haunted. Yeah, yeah, the Haunted, yeah. T- t- talking about, uh, Drummers and Joey Jordanson, uh, Municipal Waste, Dave Waity, uh, one of the best to ever do it. Also, Burnt by the Sun. Uh, it's, he's just an, an amazing pray. Yeah, amazing, amazing yeah. dude. Um, so, yeah, let's see. I, I've, a few things I've been listening to as well. I mentioned that Charlie from Anthrax, the inventor of the blast beat, was uh, <laughs> at Comic Con and Anthrax just released the uh, kind of career spanning live stream performance that they did during the pandemic they put that out as a record and uh, so i've been listening to some of that which is hard to go wrong but those are old songs uh so i, I want to mention uh photo crime which is my not metal pick that's photo crime with an f uh they're putting out a covers ep and one of the songs on that that i keep going back to over and over and over is avalanche speaking of the 60s and 70s is a leonard cohen song from 1971 that's been covered by Nick Cave, Amy Mann, Ghost, and Photo Crime does their own uh, rendition of it, which is very, uh, you know, like most of their music, very sort of dark, synthy, new wave in- influenced. Uh, it's very, very cool. And lastly, I got to give a shout out to Demon Hunter's new single, and with my uh, known bias out in the forefront, features guest vocal from the legendary Max Cavalera. Sepultura, Cavalera, Conspiracy, Soulfly, Max and Eagle, Return to Roots, Killer Be Killed, Go Ahead and Die, 
nail bomb. Uh, busts out a scroll and just like starts naming <laughs> yeah, just, stuff. Like, <laughs> uh and his, yeah his voice with ryan clark from demon hunter together is pretty cool it's a crushing song and, and very much influenced uh by early sepultura which is how they ended up asking max to be on it yeah those are my Some really good picks this week and you already know what's coming up for the next one it's the tour festival it was just announced that you're most excited for so without going into some crazy deep dive just gonna name drop them i'm a huge silver sun pickups fan have been since i was a kid one of my favorite live shows i have ever seen as to the fact that i found out that they now have a new tour coming up had me so excited i haven't seen them since i was i think my my parents got me tickets to see them for my 17th birthday or something and we all went and had the best time so yeah just to reminisce remember those songs i haven't heard in so long i can't wait for that gig uh corey how about you which one were you excited about well I'm going to take a moment to be a little bit salty because all of the tour announcements that I'm seeing that I'm like, oh, yay, none of them are coming to Oregon. And I kind of <laughs> feel like I want to start like in my articles that I write, writing, you know, like XYZ band will kick off their tour on this date and it will wrap up on this date with no Oregon dates at all. <laughs> Just super rude. <laughs> but for the bands that are coming to Oregon, um, I am actually super stoked for the Zealand Arter tour where they, they're hitting the road with Sylvain and Imperial Triumphant and super excited for that one. Um, the <laughs> Electric Cowboy tour, because that just sounds really, really fun. And since we brought up kind of formative things, I'm excited to see some 41 who's coming to Portland. And you know what? That's People cool. can judge me for that all they want but that band is fun like chuck and does this look infected are freaking formative albums for we little Corey. so i am stoked to see those shows i just saw both of those bands both electric cowboy and some 41 at slam dunk in the uk and both crushed it it was just such a fun energy as soon as you hear like the bubbliness at the beginning of into deep the crowd went mad like it's just those little moments that make you reminisce and feel nostalgic and that show was all about it so yeah people can throw as much hate as they want but they put on one fun show and my inner 12 year old that. is going to be having a blast yes absolutely sum 41 stole the show at mtv icon metallica where you would think corn and some of the heavier bands there were gonna be you know the winners but sum 41 opened the show with that bitch in metallica medley and they've had my heart nice. and respect ever since hometown heroes for us man love those absolutely guys. right <laughs> uh, what are your other picks guys for for tours um, I got uh, November in the States, Cannibal Corpse, Dark Funeral, Immolation, Black Anvil. It's like pretty much that's the one that's like not coming to Oregon that made me salty. Because <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to our agent the other day asking about US dates. He's like, Yeah, I don't, I think we're gonna skip Portland on this run. And Portland never used to get skipped. What's going on, Corey? What's going on? Stuff. Yeah, like we're no, no Medford, no Portland. What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, Trust me, it was up to me. Meanwhile, I just go. I just, I just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if you're into anything death metal, black metal, extreme, you want a night out of extreme music, that's a hella bitchin' bill. Gotta check that one out. And then I'm a big nerd, big guitar nerd, so I'm super stoked on this uh, G4 experience announcement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, four days in Vegas. Uh, Satriani, uh, Peter Frampton, Steve Morris, Alex Skolnick, John That's Five, uh, and a billion other like shredders. And it's four days of 
everything from like concerts and open jam sessions to like sit down lessons and straight up just like having a whiskey sour and hanging out with your guitar heroes. It's a really cool thing um, that, uh, you know, Joe Satriani puts on and uh, it's a wicked lineup. I want to go to Vegas for that one. Very cool. And Downey, uh, how about you? Satch, one of the nicest guys in making my Metallica reference trifecta complete, an early guitar teacher of one Kirk Hammett, Mr. Joe Satriani. His influence goes everywhere. I'm going to take it in a totally different direction then from some of the tours that uh, have been talked about. I don't know if it's too late to talk about the Trinity of Terror second leg, which kicks off at the end of August at the legendary Red Rocks venue and goes through a bunch of places in the midwest doesn't go to portland on this leg as we're just rub salt in the <laughs> wound there <laughs> something else <laughs> but but uh yeah and this one is uh you know uh, for those who don't know it's a triple headliner with motionless and white black belt brides and ice nine kills alternating those three different spots as somebody who bands, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah a bunch of my buddies and you know as somebody who does it uh hard rock and heavy metal industry newsletter and pays attention to all the different metrics that are out there right now to count and measure uh, how well or not a band is doing. Those are three bands where you could make an argument in every direction about which one is bigger. Uh, so it just makes it a perfect like triple co-headline. Uh, and very much in the vein of the Hella Mega Tour, which was one of those first big tours back after the pandemic that was Fall Out Boy, Green Day and Weezer triple headlining yeah. and when all the numbers came back from that it was twice the size of green day's biggest tour ever which was in american idiot days three times the size of fallout boy's biggest tour ever which was in 2016 and three times the size of weezer's biggest tour ever which was back in the 90s so uh you know there's something about this one plus one plus one equals more than three that make these uh, an exciting lineup. I wish more bands would do it. You know, we, we get too caught up in what I call the admat wars, where you have the poster that's the soup, where you can just see all the agents and managers and uh, lead singers that were involved in. Well, okay, our our two band names are going to be next to each other, but we're going to be on the left side, and they're going to be on the right side. And what, well, but this band name has more letters in it, so we have to make this one bigger. And this one's like just make a good show for your fans. Get together, triple headline, yep. quadruple headline split all the money and i say this, this is somebody who's not a socialist uh but we could deal with some more equity in our metal lineups because ultimately making a poster that has a giant name and then a bunch of little teeny tiny ones isn't getting any more people to your show i would argue it's bringing less so that's my little mini rant on my recommendation no, that's that's good. The ad mat wars is something that I'm glad that you recognize as being a huge issue. It's like sometimes you see the the lines in the contracts where it's like logo must be this color, this size and may not be ab uh, under any of the following names. Like it's just or like bands don't even allow their names on the same layer of names on a certain festival. It's like, no, well, if they're on this layer, we're on the one above. Like yeah. it's like, dude. Yeah, like guys, like let's let's pick four awesome fucking bands and fill an arena every night. How about that? Yeah, I'm all I'm yeah. all I'm all for that uh, sentiment. Uh, you nailed it. I mean, I mean the big four. We we all know what that pecking order is. So why did we need a poster yep. that was a giant Metallica and then a teeny tiny Megadeth and yeah. Slayer floating, but next to each other, and then a little even smaller Anthrax floating at the bottom? Just put all four names the same size, stack it up. Let us know the show we're gonna get. 
seems yeah. so simple. You would think, right? Lead but singers. Alas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank all three of you for taking the time to join me once again on Nothfest Heavy Conversation. I love how silent. Thanks for having us, Alicia. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Thanks to Kevin. I, 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 I think we I thought, that was, the, the I thought you, that was the sign off. I thought that was the sign off. You have that million dollar <laughs> smile. I was like, that's, that the, that's the end. No, 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 no. There you guys have it, though. News, best singles, great tours, and beautiful legacy. Thank you so much for watching Not Fest Heavy Conversation. On behalf of my fellow hosts, Daniel Decay, Ryan J. Downey, and Corey Westbrook, I've been Alicia, too, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>